1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
3: Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates.
4: Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke and I'm here with Jess Perkins
0: and Matt Stewart. Hello. Hello. Good evening. It's really good to be here.
3: A pleasure, as always. You know, I
0: think some people think that this is your show. And we're, like, sort of, like, permanent recurring guest guests, hosts. Yeah. Recurring guests. Oh, that's good. Don't you think that's weird? Dave, do you want to set the record straight now and just let everyone know that, that Jess and I are as, if not more, important than you?
3: Yeah, let them know that we're as, if not more, important than you. So,
0: you're co-stars. So you want, if Is that what you
3: want?
4: Even slightly... Higher stars.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
4: No, no, no. I think the credits would go. Do go on, starring Dave Warnocky. Interesting. Co-starring Matt Stewart.
0: And special guest no, star. No no no, Jess no, 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 no,
3: no, 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 I want an introducing. Yeah, oh, and introduce. Yeah, and introduce.
0: I intru- want every week, 100 yeah. weeks in a row. <laughs> could we, could we do it like this? Uh, starring Dave Warnocky, introducing Jess Perkins, and as old man Matt Stewart. <laughs> 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 That's great. My favorite ones were the last bit of the credits. Yeah. For some reason, the only one that says and as. And their character name, for some reason? I never yeah. got why that and was. And it's TJ Swithers, Matt Stewart. You're like, what?
3: Yeah. Who are the others? Yeah. And as Old Man.
4: <laughs> no, I would like it to be the original Gilligan's Island style, which is... Um, and the rest. The rest were two more people. <laughs>
5: Just that say brutal.
4: it. So later on, when the show got popular, they changed and the rest to the Professor and Marianne. But before that, the Professor and Marianne with the rest. Oh,
5: that's wow. brutal. They've named
4: six people and you then there's two more. Just, Just name, name them. Maybe two more. Uh, maybe or don't they...
3: name them all.
4: So Dave,
3: Matt, and the rest. <laughs> and the jest. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah.
0: The, so the jest. You yeah. are the jest of the program, aren't you?
3: Of the program. What you call this, a program? Today On today's program...
0: Let's get cracking with this show. I think it's quite a big report, <laughs> okay. and I think it's a really good one. And holy shit, I'm nervous about it because it is. It ex- my brain was exploding. You know those ones where you're like f- following rabbits everywhere down the holes, the rabbit holes. And right. I was <laughs> down know, the holes. Oh, hang on. So yeah, it, it's just a real. Sp- it's a. Bi- it was a bit of a sprawling thing. I think I've I've found a few nuggets in this. Few nugs. A few little nuggies, and um, you know. Delicious. So let's get on with it. Okay. Can I yeah. ask you guys a question?
3: Well, we do always start with a question, so that would be traditional yes. All right.
0: Well, this, will, this, will, this is basically asking the question, have you guys heard of this topic? But I'll ask the question <laughs> and see. Cause and I, you guys
3: give me shit for not writing questions. Well, I've written it. <laughs> all right. No, That's well I'm, the
0: words are here on the okay, screen. Okay. Yeah, no, can't I can't argue. Because I, I hadn't heard of this at all. Okay. Uh, the question is, what secret department did Winston Churchill set up to help win... World War Two for the Ooh. Allies. The
3: Winnie Boys, the Winnie Blues.
0: That's a that's a cigarette brand the in
3: Australia. The Churchill Chaps. <laughs> oh my god! I made that laugh. <laughs> you never make that laugh. I Laughful. saw his teeth. Like Laughful. he bare teeth.
0: You should. Have, I did a, a web series show the other day. and I couldn't stop laughing. I know. I was the uh, best game again. Game, game, game. Game.
3: You really laughed. That was nice. I really laughed. Adam Knox was on there.
0: Actually, everyone Kate Dennett and and, uh, Evan Munro Smith were all in fine form. Yeah. Making me bloody lol hard. Dave, any idea? Uh, Do you know it? Have you
3: heard of the Churchill chaps?
0: Uh, Gallipoli 2.0, even more (laughs) fucked than the first time
4: because that was all Churchill's fault. Okay. uh, Was it? Oh, yeah. He plotted that
0: and really fucked it. No, what, um, the topic, as suggested, Churchill Chaps. This wasn't the official name, but this is sort of an unofficial name of it. Mm. The Ministry of Ungentlemanly oh. Warfare.
4: Oh, that is a cool title.
3: That's, uh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit that it's better than Churchill Chaps. <laughs> wow, it's <laughs> I'm close. Willing to admit
5: that they they took
0: them both to focus groups and they <laughs> p- both polled well, but one polled better than the other. Sure. This is this has actually been suggested by a few different listeners, including Lords, Lords, uh. Aaron and Dolan. But the reason I am doing this Sorry, topic today... Sorry, Dave, If you could just let me finish the first What is Laurel? Well, it's someone... Laurel. Lord, How do you spell that? L-A-U-R-I-D-S. Laurels.
4: Oh, right, Okay, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Carry on. Uh, but the reason I'm doing this topic today, as I was saying, uh, is because it was put in the golden hat mm. by legendary listener and Patreon supporter... Rowan Epstein. Rowan! Ah, oh, Rowan, who we have
4: met in real life. We have. We and have. appreciated his company in real life. Mm. Hopefully, see you at the 100th
0: episode, uh, Rowan.
3: I feel like he'd be there. Yeah. If he can, if he's free and if he's available and he can make it, I reckon he'll be there. Thank you, Rowan. Thanks awesome. so much for the Good suggestion. On, Great
0: suggestion. Um, so, it, it, yeah, he, he suggested it as the ministry. Is of it Epstein? I think it's Epstein. Okay, well,
3: I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was off. corrected
0: on that recently, um, that spelling, uh-huh. uh, the E and the I, because I grew up in the electorate of Goldstein, uh-huh. and uh, we were shooting a show here with the member for Goldstein, um, the federal member, Tim Wilson. He was uh, here shooting, and I, I'm like, oh, I grew up in Goldstein. He's like, actually, it's... It's pronounced Gold Star. Hmm. The Special Operations Executive is what it was more officially known as. Special Operations Executive. So the S O E. The Special Operations Executive. Yeah, I can see why the ungentlemanly Warfare is really stuck. It yeah.
3: S- it sounds like a movie franchise. It's know? also,
0: uh, this is closer to what Jess was saying, but it's some some people have called it Churchill's Secret Army, which is it's pretty close to the Churchill chaps, which I. I'm happy to go with, if you like. I
3: am ha- I want to. Yes, please.
0: The Churchill Chaps were formed uh, <laughs> when three secret British war departments merged after the start of World War Two. so soon after the start. Mm. Um, these departments were...
3: How did they know of each other if they were all secret?
0: Well, the people from above were merging. It was Churchill... Oh, I'm sorry, Jess. That's really... <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer seriously. Jess never says anything serious. <laughs> Um so the first one was m i r which was you know, like m i six and all that you know i, I didn't realize it was m i six m i five there's been a bunch of different ones oh. m i r uh m i is military intelligence and the r is research <sighs> oh fuck sorry no
3: nah, it's all right i wouldn't have got that
0: <laughs> um which is a department of the war Office that was charged with researching guerrilla warfare um also department e h which was named after the the building it was, was set up in. So it's pretty boring. What should we call I it? yeah,
4: hey, that's fine.
0: Says EH. Yeah, we got it. Nailed it. Um, no was... one will ever know where we where our headquarters are either.
3: And that's lunch.
0: <laughs> that was a propaganda organisation, which was created by the Foreign Office and Section we, we, a, a company that that's a
4: whole job is to come up with like catchy slogans. Let's call it EH. EH, great.
0: Mm. In, uh, and then thirdly, Section D, which I like. Um, I love I love Section D. A uh, propaganda and sabotage arm of the secret intelligence service, aka, a s i s, aka, a m i six. Wow, I found it hard to say aka then. Mm. Well, that was interesting, wasn't it? Things you of, learn about yourself. Can't tell yeah. of aka is part of the title of this. Aka m i six. Aka, as in also known as Dave. Keep up, mate.
3: Keep up, man. <laughs>
4: but I was confused. I thought it was aka, aka m i six, also known as aka m i six.
0: Well, yeah. As, as of now, it is, AKA, 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 MI6. Oh, no. Though. Sail
3: away, <laughs> sail away. Aka, 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 MI6. <laughs>
0: I'm so sorry. Little <laughs> we'll Enya there, Dave. Yeah, how I'm that so make so you feel right. for so our so Irish sorry. listeners? I'm so sorry. Uh, though there were <laughs> some loose arrangements between the three departments, like they were aware of each other, obviously. They overlapped in objectives, you know, in, at. Uh, some objectives, and at times they even duplicated each other's work, um, especially the propaganda work of Section D in Department E.H. Following the resignation of Neville Chamberlain on May the 10th, 1940, uh, Winston Churchill became the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. This is uh, about nine months after Britain was already in World War Two, which I didn't realise, but let's I'm not so great with World War II stuff. You, you are, Dave, though from memory you know a fair bit about it oh you know much about Nev's work he sort of lo- he lost he, he kind of lost he lost the confidence of the parliament and the people a bit um and that's he what just, led to Churchill and you know stepping what up.
3: it's just that he needed to just own it just he did. be more confident just like fake it till you make it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you appear confident people have confidence in you do you know what I mean
0: I think I do <laughs> Uh, Within a month of taking office, Churchill was working towards combining the three departments into one old super badass war organisation. After appointing his Minister of Economic Warfare, Hugh Dalton, uh, with the responsibility of the new organisation, Churchill reportedly said, And now set Europe ablaze. That's like a famous quote of his about it, apparently. It's a good one. And now set Europe ablaze. Sir, I just need to remind you that you are technically part of Europe.
4: Burn oh. us down! <laughs> down.
0: <laughs> Stop! This room we're standing in right now.
3: Is that? Is that? Have you got matches on you? Okay, let's go.
0: Because I am an alcoholic <laughs> and very flammable. <laughs> he was—he was a big alco guy, wasn't he, Churchill? I think so. I think a b- big drinker. But big yeah. drinker. Sorry, didn't mean to throw around. Throw words like alco around like that. That wasn't. That's not cool. Takes one to know one. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> On the 22nd of July, 1940, the Special Operations Executive was officially formed by Dalton with a charter to sabotage, conduct reconnaissance and espionage in <laughs> occupied Europe and to help resistance movements on the ground. Dalton is said to have used the IRA's work during the Irish War of Independence as a bit of a blueprint.
3: So, sorry, sabotage.
0: Sabotage. Espionage. Espionage.
3: And what was the middle one?
0: Conduct, Reconnaissance. Reconnaissance. Nigel oh. Farage. Of
3: those, Sabotage, Sabotage, Reconnaissance and Espionage. What's your favourite? Oh, there's three of them. We could have one each. Um,
4: Well, Reconnaissance is fucking boring in I comparison. like, yeah, Sabotage. A lot more safe.
3: Yeah, which I feel like is you. You'd be the safe one. You're not going to go in for any espionage, are you?
4: How do you know I haven't been undercover this whole time? Come on, mate. <laughs> oh, no. In that outfit... It's just so crazy, it might be believable. No one would dress like that. Really?
3: No one would behave the way he does. Yeah,
0: I reckon they would. In November 1940, as the Nazi Air Force, the Luftwaffe... Great, great phrase, isn't it? It is great. Luftwaffe. That's not quite right, is it? I'm not doing quite nail it. No,
3: it's Luftwaffe.
0: It's um 99 Luftwaffe balloons. <laughs> uh... As the the Luftwaffe was bombing central London, the Special Operations <laughs> Executive set up its headquarters in two flats on Baker Street. <gasps> <gasps> Baker Street. Oh no, that's not... It's, <laughs> 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 what was that? Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> you want... I went the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the one I was here for. <laughs>
5: His face <laughs> is the best.
0: <laughs> when he converts it into a sax. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: <laughs> What's his, what are his lips doing?
3: <laughs> Why can't he make eye contact? with That, that was my that. impression of
4: a man who hadn't played the saxophone in fifty
0: years, <laughs> picking it up
4: for the first time. I think I remember the song. <laughs>
0: um, and it was it was interesting. That, so this is where they set up, um, right? This is all interesting. I was going about to go off on a tangent. I've written so many, I don't need to. Go off onto others. <laughs> uh, from this base, they began to recruit agents. Uh, according to a Nigel Morris article for the BBC, he said, Senior staff at the SOE were invariably ex public school and Oxbridge, which I, I didn't know what it meant. I looked it up. Public school in the UK means private school. Oh, that's school, private school. So they're all wealthy, tough types. And uh, Oxbridge means Oxford and Cambridge. Oh, so, yeah, so sense. they're all sort of the exclusively educated. Because you can trust them. Because if they're already rich, they're happy, they're
3: right? Not, they're not gonna like. They're not motivated by money because they already have money. Exactly. You can't like you can't bribe them because they're like Pfft. that's pocket change for me. Yeah. Are you kidding?
0: I think it, uh, yeah. Well, that that's just the top brass anyway. That's the 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 officers and that sort of stuff. But he goes on to say that the agents came from all walks and included a former chef and electrician. Several journalists and the daughter of a Brixton motor car dealer. That's pretty cool. It does say at first I thought it was gonna be like, guys, we've got people from all walks of
4: life. Greg knows a chef. <laughs> yeah. So his
3: personal one.
4: Guys. He only just got into Oxford.
0: I really thought Like so he's pretty average. <laughs> I, I really thought Jess, you might have the last one there. He it was She's the daughter of A w wo- this is a woman who probably has her own things, but she's listed here. Because her dad sold cars. Mm. So weird. Oh, her dad did a job.
3: Oh, she's in.
0: It just seemed really funny to me anyway. Yeah.
3: I noticed you looked straight at me and I was like... Because
0: normally whenever someone (laughs) said, and his wife, you'd be like, what's the fucking wife's name? So I thought it might have been a similar scenario, but Mm. I was wrong. (laughs) I had written in there, pause for Jess to go on rant.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The podcast will now be 10 minutes shorter than
0: expected. (laughs) Um, so, anyway, it was a bit of a cross-section of society. Um, as missions were undertaken behind em- enemy, enemy, enemy lines. So, this is what it was all about. It was about um, little guerrilla um, crews going behind enemy lines and just fucking shit up.
4: All right. So, we've got uh, Sarah here. Her dad uh, owns a car dealership. How can we best use her skills? All right. We'll send her into Berlin and she'll take a car for a spin. And when it's out... Uh, she'll put a bomb underneath it. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, good. Does she speak German? Nah. <laughs> Don't need
0: it.
3: Can she drive? Nah.
0: Nah, no, but her dad, her dad does, so. It's all about her dad. Uh, Interesting you mentioned that. Obviously, it was important that the agents had a deep knowledge of the country where they would operate. Uh, they needed to speak the language fluently.
4: Yeah, she speaks car. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> She goes she into the dealership, <laughs> Guten Tag, and she just goes, Brum Brum! brum me, Brum Brum! Oh! Welcome! <laughs> Welcome to my city, <laughs> Brum Brum!
0: <laughs> Do you sprecken the broom? <laughs> <Yeah.
4: laughs> Conan's the brooms brecken?
0: Yeah! Uh, oh, yeah! So in in at this time, if if they were dual citizens, that was also that was seen as a real, real bonus. Mm. Obviously, because you don't need to forge passports and documents that way. The SOE was ahead of the game with its use of women in armed combat.
5: <laughs> Fuck off.
0: As those sent into the field were trained to use weapons <laughs> and in unarmed combat.
3: But I mean, they're still wearing aprons while they do it, so it's okay.
0: But at the time, uh, they would normally make them wear two aprons, so it was seen as being progressive, <laughs> just just the one
4: and pretty dangerous too.
5: Mm.
0: Of their 55 female agents that they had over, over through the war, 13 were killed in action or in Nazi concentration camps. So, they, they were seeing active, dangerous action, which, you know, across the rest of the army at that stage wasn't happening as much, I believe. Wow. But like I say, I don't fucking know anything.
3: Hey, you were What around. are you
0: listening to me for? <laughs> I was around, but I was hiding in a bunker. Real weird thing happened uh, towards the end of the war. Um, this guy with a little moustache came in. Couldn't understand a word he was saying, but he was there with his niece. Was no he just a fucking like nobody's <laughs> business? I think. I was trying not to look. Anyway, ended up with a bullet in his brain. Weird, weird chap. Weird was, guy. Was he brooming at you? Uh... He was, um, even brooming at me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow.
3: Well, that's the best joke of the pod.
0: <laughs> While this recruitment process is happening uh, <laughs> This guy that I like I like mainly mainly for his Maybe mainly for his name um, But he also seems like a He's one of those classic uh, war guys That we've been talking about through past episodes Where they're just those sort of badass guys um, His name is Colonel Colin Gubbins Gubbins Which is pretty cool Fuck yeah uh,
3: Colin's a badass name isn't it <laughs>
0: Is that the name of your car?
3: Yes. And it's a pretty cool car. It is a
0: cool car. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Gubbins. It was mainly the Gubbins. All right.
3: And bad uh, boys, bad boys. <laughs> what you going to do? Colin's here to fuck <laughs> shit up.
0: <laughs> Not Colin. He's got a real reputation. <laughs> gubbins. <laughs> anyway. uh, he was... SOE's head of training and operations, uh, and he started turning properties and mansions across the UK into agent training bases. Um, so according to Morris, new agents were taught how to kill with their bare hands, how to disguise themselves, how to derail a train, and even even how to get out a pair of handcuffs with a piece of thin wire and a diary pencil. If an agent survived these tests and a gruelling parachute course, they were ready to go. They love parachutes in this. A lot of parachuting in. Oh. A lot of these missions were parachute in. But, but not many parachuted out. <laughs> Which <laughs> no. is It was quite difficult, yeah. even with a pencil diary. Yeah, they, they, they just didn't get it. Yeah. They taught and they taught real hard. They taught hard. Mm-hmm. but yeah.
3: Colin, he teaches hard.
0: Yeah.
4: I love the idea that they think that they'll always have a diary pencil on hand. It's yeah, like, obviously. well, when you're in handcuffs, they, they'll, they'll expect you to keep a journal. Yeah. <laughs> it's Did very have- difficult to write.
3: Dear diary, day three. <laughs>
4: Still cuffed.
0: <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> it's been <laughs> it's been in my hands all along. <laughs> SOE also employed scientists to invent weapons of war in what Morris describes as the 007 factor. Uni grads working for the SOE invented devices such as the single-shot cigarette pistol and the Sleeping Beauty, which was a submersible canoe. SOE workshops also created... Carborundum, which was an abrasive grease that could bring a steam train to an immediate standstill. How they Hell. invented carborundum Wait, grease. 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 Yeah, it was type of grease. Yeah, apparently, but that's it was abrasive it. grease. So if they apparently, if there was a certain way that they rubbed it onto the tracks,
3: rub it the wrong way. Eh? Yeah, you, yeah, you rub, it rub, the right rub, way. rub the train the wrong way. Yeah. You and stop you'll
0: stop it dead in its tracks.
3: Wow, that's fascinating.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's sort of fun. Like, all these just, like, going, invent some cool shit. Um, they also had a camouflage section, which was run by a film director named Elder Willis.
3: I can see you! <laughs> you have failed!
0: <laughs> he oversaw a team of movie prop makers. So I love it. It's just people from everywhere coming in. Uh, many uh, simple yet ingenious items were created, such as a fake tree trunk mold that could conceal radio equipment. And fake camel shit that was actually a booby trap.
3: Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. It, lo- so it looks cam-
0: like camel shit and you drop it in the, you know. What, in Berlin? In Berlin. Da- downtown or... Berlin with the camels. What?
3: And We're- then what? If somebody goes over and is like, huh, let me inspect this pile of camel shit? No, it's
0: like, you know, like a mine. So you'd put camel shit on the road and cars or whatever uh, happy to drive over them. But... Bang. Now,
4: what they'd really do is they'd get camel shit and inside there'd be dog shit. So, the people inspecting the camel shit, they'd be like, this is just camel shit. This is dried up. They'd pick it up, it would crumble, and then
0: they'd get dog shit on their shoes. And then their dog shit would crumble, and it'd be human shit. Yeah. (laughs) Their own, somehow. And I'd freak them out. They'd be like, all right, I'm out. (laughs) I quit trippy. How
3: would they know it was their own shit? Oh, you don't
0: know your own shit.
4: (laughs) Yes, I could recognize my shit in a lineup of a 100.
3: You could, Dave.
4: Oh. Someone will lead me blindfolded to a mystery location so I don't recognize where I am. I'll shit. I'll trust you to lead me to a safe place. I will shit into a receptacle. You can take a photo of it. I don't want to do that. And no. then we'll swap it in with 99 other photos and I'll be able to pick mine. Okay, I'm. I to prove that World War II exists. <laughs>
3: Hey, he's dedicated to the cause, and I appreciate that. But I am—I shotgun not taking a picture of Dave's shit. All right, Matt
4: will take the photo. Jess will hold the receptacle. Damn it! The uh, and
3: his tiny tush.
4: The yeah, you have to be—it's a plastic bag. I'll have to be pretty accurate.
3: Does that make sense?
4: We'll it'll have to be, or or a large receptacle, either or. Stop. But don't tell me what you're planning because I don't want to recognise it. Right. Uh, I appreciate science, unlike you. <laughs>
0: yeah, Jess, wake up.
3: Sorry, you're right. You love poo, Chat.
0: Matt, poo, go on. The <laughs> Secret Intelligence Service, now known as the MI6, oh, viewed SOE with great suspicion. The head of the Secret Intelligence Service, Sir Stuart Menzies, wasn't into the work of the SOE at all. He would describe them as amateur, dangerous, and bogus, and campaigned internally against them. But as they were the baby of Prime Minister Churchill, they were give it a free pass. They were pretty much, yeah. They were as long as Churchill was in charge, they were they were all good.
3: Churchill's chaps,
0: they're the chaps after all, and
3: chapets, chapets.
0: <laughs> so, so.
3: Chapinas,
0: Chapinas. The SOE, Chipotle. it's got it's got three three
4: spy military organisations, but not MI six.
0: No, not MI six. Well, no, they, those sort of all dissolved into this one, so it's now the one thing. MI six is is still separate, right? And they're criticising it, the right. Yeah, mm. they're not into it because I mean, it's not, to them, it's like because they are amateurs. They're literally amateur. No, well, they're not. They they are getting paid a wage. They're literally not amateurs, but they're not well trained. Right, they're in like film video. directors. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, the SOE undertook, or the CHAPS undertook missions right across the war uh, in numerous countries. One example, uh, I'm going to go into a few of them because I thought maybe it was the best way to, 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 learn. to, to talk about it. Because there, there were hundreds of missions. So I've just picked out a, a few to talk about. And hopefully that'll give you a bit of an idea. So um, one example was Operation Josephine B, also known, apparently, as Operation Josephine. So like, anyway, it's like a couple of wildly different names there. Seems confusing. If but there these... are no other lettered Josephines, let's just call... Yeah. I reckon the, the MI6 is right. These are a bunch of amateurs. <laughs> um, so this, this was in 1941. It was jointly organized with Free France... Which I hadn't heard of. You know, Free France was the name of um, the the French government in exile led by Charles de Gaulle, uh, which was set up in London in June 1940. Charles de Gaulle being the big train station in Paris, one of them.
4: You mean airport? Airport.
0: <laughs> airport. Fuck. <laughs> uh, so this mission was jointly organised with Free France and the aim of the mission was to blow up the Pathak power station, which was an important piece of infrastructure for the, ac- the, the axis, axis of, of e- evil. evil. The station was difficult to reach by air, but the plan was to drop a small team nearby via parachute.
3: Oh, the traditional method. Subtle.
0: From there... Yeah, they're never looking at the skies.
3: Never.
1: Looking
4: at the ground. Looking at their bloody phones. They'll be <laughs> they'll be digging up through the ground like moles at any second.
3: Nah, we're dropping from the skies.
0: From there, they would break into the station, leave bombs with delayed timers, uh, destroying the bloody giant. That's, oh. the, that's the plan, right? <laughs> you feeling sorry for the... Tell me you're not feeling any sympathy for the... The axes of evil. Jess?
3: I mean, they've got families.
4: Yeah, Nazi families.
3: Yeah, Nazi children. Nazi dogs. I had a customer the other day at my job whose name was Swastika.
4: No. No. Yeah. First name.
3: First name. And I was like, I definitely heard that wrong. So later in the conversation, I was like, "I'm sorry, what was what was your name? Can you spell that for me?" And it was Swastika. What was the surname Smith?
0: <laughs> that's get... that's definitely that's someone who's chosen it for himself Do you reckon? or herself. Yeah, there's no way that parents would have named you no, that, it's... and you grew up and don't go. I'm changing that name. That's someone yeah, who is definitely. I think it's, I mean, obviously, I think it was a cultural
3: thing, but yeah, you would think you would change your name.
0: <laughs> the team was made up of six Polish volunteers who were trained up for the mission. They set off uh, from a Royal Air Force base near Chichester in West Sussex, but due to a technical fault, a bunch of their equipment was accidentally dropped over the Loire River, the Loire in France. It's like a big river there. I've never uh, seen, how would you say that? Loire. The Loire. Dropped over the Loire in France and they had to turn back. The mission was off to a poor start, you could argue, mm. uh, and I, only got... I will argue. <laughs> okay, I will argue after I say I only got worse when their plane crash landed on their return, <laughs> killing some crew and wounding all the volunteers. Oh. Laughed a little bit too early there.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. So so that, I hear like,
0: plane a... crash and I think this is going to end very funnily. <laughs> what a mess! Oh, no. Yeah, so that was just a, a big old failure. Um, so, a second team was put in place. They were keen to make this happen, obviously. Uh, this time with free French forces, so people from the, the French nationals, uh, including Sergeant J. Foreman, Sub-Lieutenant or Sub-Lieutenant Raymond Cabard, and Sub-Lieutenant or Lieutenant André Varnier, a.k.a. Jacques Leblanc. I was going to so say,
4: these are the least French names ever until the a.k.a. came in. Jacques First guy's Leblanc. name was John Foreman. <laughs> J
0: Foreman. No, Initial J. I reckon it was short for Jacques. John Foreman.
4: What was the last name? Jacques, Jacques Le- Leblanc.
0: Jacques Leblanc. Love it. Love that. Which means the white? The black? The white. It's
3: white. Blanc, white.
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stress. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that felt that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah, it was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit
3: he, that he was saving for his wedding.
0: I didn't know that. <laughs>
4: Dot com slash d g o today to get ten percent off your first
0: month. That's better H E L P dot com slash d g o. Um, so that was selected for the mission. So a team, a small team of three this time instead of the six initially. I was sent to station. You could
3: say that's half the size of the team. That's
0: half the size? They downsized for sure.
3: Hmm. Who's getting better at math? Not not me. Yeah, you're
0: right. No, you did real well there, Jess. Thank you. Uh, so I was sent to Station Seventeen for training in industrial sabotage by inventor, engineer, and soldier Cecil Vanderpier Clark. Oh, the
3: Clark ruined it a little bit, didn't
0: it? CVC. I'm just going to call him Cecil. Yeah. He was an interesting guy, this Cecil guy. An inventor, an engineer, a soldier. This guy did it all, and he was a he was a he was one of the big dogs. A lover. In the in the in the chaps. Um, he, no doubt about that. Uh, he, yeah, he was an interesting guy. He grew up in London and was known to his friends as Nobby. Uh, in between serving... Known <laughs> to his very close friends as Nobby. <laughs> <laughs> in between serving in the First and Second Wars, he worked as a director at a motoring company in Bedford where he registered patents relating to engine design. So, he's, you know, he's a, some, somewhat of a go-getter. The engineering kind of guy. Inventing. Very industrious. This guy had it all. Mm-hmm. Um, soon after he designed his own engine but shelved the project when he realized big He company. shelved the project. Wow. Up the butt, if that's what is that what you're saying? Yeah. An entire engine. The entire engine. Up the butt. Up the butt. He became Jeez. more machine than man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it took a real turn. <laughs> it was <laughs> a, a
3: different time, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a
0: different He time. started speaking car
4: <laughs> <laughs> but not out of his mouth. <laughs> Let me just say that.
3: Out of his butt? <laughs> yeah, brum brum. Brum.
0: Brum, brum, indeed. Uh, so he shelved that project because he, he realised that larger companies would be able to make it happen more economically than he could. He then started his own company designing trailers uh, and caravans as well. And the editor of the Caravan and Trailer magazine met with Cecil for an interview and later described his first impressions of the inventor saying, Clark at once fascinated me. He was a very large man with rather hesitant speech who at first struck me as being amiable but not outstandingly bright. The second part of this impression did not last long. Oh, right, wait, so, he, so he,
3: he, he... He was bright.
0: He was bright. He's got
4: to he, be, right? He's inventing all this but stuff. And he yeah. doesn't seem bright. He didn't say because he's mm. the way he talks slow and stuff.
3: Sounds like, sounds like someone else we know, doesn't it, Dave? Talks a bit slow. Amiable, mm. but not bright, you know?
4: Yeah,
0: a big man. Big man. Large. Mm. It's on the tip of my tongue. Is it the guy... Um, <laughs> is it... Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that's who it is. I talking was gonna say about. the guy who was once Californian's governor. His biggest claim, to, biggest claim to fame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know him from that. Yeah, his wife and politics.
4: Arnold Schwarzenegger, the politician. <laughs> yeah, the politician. <laughs> the famous American politician. Who had an
0: affair with his um, nanny. Yeah, from Flushing, Queens. She was there to sell makeup, but he saw more. <laughs> A lot more.
3: She had style.
0: Mr. Chef, <laughs> Mr. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this probably all Miss fine. <laughs> that was my Arnie. This podcast hasn't hasn't gone to the bloody depths of comedy. It's fine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he writes <runs> Broadway musicals,
0: <laughs> but he was never he could never quite reach the uh, the heights of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Fuck, he had a big rivalry with mm. Andrew Lloyd. Mm. Him and him and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So this all probably seems like a bit of a weird tangent. I don't know if you noticed it. I just started going into a backstory. Oh, about started. the trailer man? Yeah. But, um, Cecil. Cecil and McCrae, the editor, uh, would meet again in 1939. At this point, McRae was now editor of a popular science magazine.
3: He'd moved up from the caravans and trailers about... magazine. Uh, Dream job, by the Do way. Do you think the
0: background there is that there was a
4: caravan magazine and a trailer magazine? They didn't have enough markets, so they merged. <laughs>
0: I think that's what's that's happened. Possible. I would like to say that's a fact. <laughs> the 30s were a different time. Mm. Trailer mag. Uh, McRae contacted Cecil after uh, being contacted himself by Major Millis Rowland Jeffress of the War Office.
3: Jefferis. I heard your teeth click then. Jefferis.
0: And uh, this guy had read an article in McRae's science magazine about powerful magnets. The Major wanted McCrae to create a kind of explosive that could be magnetically uh, adhered to things like ships under the water. And McRae asked Cecil to help make this happen.
3: A magnetic explosive.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So it could, you know, just stick it under big warships. Um, Cecil agreed and they set to work. Does that make sense as a phrase? Yeah. Great. <laughs> Making prototypes. Big... With... Amiable.
3: Not that bright.
0: Mm. (laughs) Needs encouragement. (laughs) So they started making prototypes with large tin bowls purchased from a a local department store. It was actually Woolworths, but anyway. And using porridge in place of explosives in the early things. It sort of sounds more like they were making breakfast to me.
4: Porridge in 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 bowls. The The part of explosives will be played by (laughs)
0: Porridge. But that's not how you make explosives. <laughs> Suicide bomber rips open their jacket like and they're just covered, covered in porridge.
3: porridge. <laughs> they're damp with porridge.
4: <laughs> Give me the cash or everyone dies. <laughs> Sir, are
3: you covered in porridge? <laughs> Did you spill Do your breakfast?
0: <laughs> Do what he says. says. He looks unhinged. <laughs> they rolled oats. Rolled oats. Rolled oats. Anyway, they kept working on it and eventually invented this new kind of mine and named it the limpet mine. After the oh. sea snail... Uh, known for its ability to adhere to rocks, uh, so quite similar to the bombs, obviously in that way. Um, the, they limpet could mines, to rocks? The, the limpet mines. The limpet mines also had a delay mechanism, so that after it had been put in place, the soldier would have time to get away before the explosion. And uh, that is where the sea creature and the mines differed. <laughs> <laughs> sea creature had no timer.
3: <laughs> you wrote that joke, didn't you? You yeah. fucking wrote that down.
0: Yeah, I wrote that one down. <laughs> uh, the sea snail didn't have a delay mechanism. Uh, nor did they <laughs> explode, admittedly. <laughs> oh two differences. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting.
3: Wait, wait. When you wrote that today, presumably, did you I wrote
0: two jokes in this report. That was the first of
3: them. Oh, there's another one coming. Yeah, I
0: can't remember where, but there was That
3: was a two part of there.
0: Soon after the limpets had been invented and manufactured.
3: Manufactured
0: <laughs> World War II broke. So, this was, so I've taken you back a step. Oh, it broke. Um, the so, they're preparing for World War II. This th- is before, yeah, the army came and they, they sort of know um, shit's going down, you know, pre-World War II. How,
3: how, it broke. How are they going to stick it back together? Bit of sticky tape.
0: The World War.
3: When you break your mum's vase? Vase?
0: The limpet mines were used in many raids in the war, including Operation Jaywick. Uh, In September 1943, a small team of Allied commandos raided Japanese shipping in Singapore harbour, paddling into the harbour, then placing the mines uh, onto multiple ships, sinking or seriously damaging seven Japanese ships. Nice one. So these things that started with bowls of porridge ended up like having... Sinking ships. Sinking ships.
3: Hey, well, I've had bowls of porridge that have had a similar effect on me. Loose <laughs> <I
4: don't know. laughs> lips sink ships. Uh-huh. And you fill those lips with porridge, you're going you're to be
0: sunk.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how the saying goes.
0: It is anyway. Um, back to Operation Josephine B. Which oh my god, we started talking about 14 from minutes from it. ago. Um, so the three-man team from Free France were sent to Station 17 for training under Cecil's So this is plan second plan. Second group because the Polish people crashed. Yes, the Polish people crashed. This is this is team two, the French, um, and uh, under under Cecil they learnt well and they set off uh, f- uh, on the night of May 11th. Parachuting in, they hid their container of equipment, which included these smaller shape charged limpets uh, that Cecil taught them how to use. I, I assume, don't know that for sure, but you, I guess so. Um, the plan was to obtain bicycles to make a silent getaway. But when they were unable to do so, they couldn't source bicycles. And they also found that the perimeter wall was harder to get over than first thought. Um, <laughs> you certainly couldn't ride a bicycle over it. Because <laughs> there was a there was a high-voltage wire inside the top of the nine-foot wall. So you had to scale this quite large wall, and then there was a high-voltage electric wire that you had to somehow get over as well. So they kind of got a bit disheartened. Um Remember, this This is the power station we're trying to blow up. Yeah, yeah of course. That was so long ago that I mentioned that that you might have forgotten. But that's what they're trying to do here. They're trying to fuck that shit up. Um, so they were a bit disheartened by these setbacks. And the three Frenchmen abandoned the mission uh, and set off for Paris... Um, where well, we will drink wine, <laughs> which, which which was you know Nazi occupied. I'm pretty sure, wasn't uh, it? Odd? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yes, but depending, That's why w- depending free what France period is in. Yes, it must be then. This period, then. Yeah. Um. So, uh, one of the men, Sergeant J. Foreman, the most French of them all, John Foreman, <laughs> uh, he, Foreman. <laughs> he'd been given an address uh, to go to uh, if if need be in Paris, where um allies would be and at that address he met Joel Latac uh, a member of the free french uh, he had recently had to abandon a mission himself this is um old mate uh, latac uh, he had to yeah abandon a mission himself recently because of outdated intel um so when he heard that they had abandoned their mission for like kind of less contra- con- concrete reasons He rallied the team and convinced them to head back and complete their mission. Guys, it's just a wall. He also went along with them to make sure it happened. So all of a sudden, now the team is four. The new plan was to commandeer a truck to head up to Pasak, where the the power plant was. But when the truck broke down, they uh, they had bicycles instead. So they now had bicycles, and they rode there. um, Found the explosive where they'd hidden them a while back now, nearly a month ago. And found they were still in working order. Still good to go. On the night of June 7th, almost a month after they had initially meant to carry out the mission, they were going to have a crack. Sergeant Jay Foreman scaled the perimeter wall and was able to make it over while avoiding contact with the electric wire. He was then able to let the rest of the team in with their explosives by opening a door. <laughs>
5: <laughs> hmm. Hmm. It's
0: good stuff. It's I mean, good plan. It's
3: because of the training of Colin that he he was like, I know what to do here. Hmm. I'm going to open that door. I'm used
4: to several different types of handle. Wood, ivory, and one other.
0: (laughs) But I'll never tell. That's this organization's greatest secret.
4: That's it. Mm.
0: The bombs were put in place in under half an hour, and the four men made their getaways via the bicycles. The four men including four men. Four men including four men, yeah.
3: I was thinking the same thing, DW. Oh, my God. So they set the bombs...
0: Set the timers. Get on their bicycles. Got on their bicycles, go for and a as ride. they're riding away, oh, awesome! Behind them, the skies lit up with the explosions. It was a success. Wow! Which is just an image that I love. Mm. These guys pedaling fast. Yeah, are riding their little. I bells. like to
3: imagine there's a basket on the front of one of them, and they've got a baguette in there, <laughs> you know, for later.
0: That was when I was in France. I've been a couple of times. Mm. That was the one. Like, old school bad French cliche that is true. There's people walking around with baguettes everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no berets. No, no, no berets. No blue and white horizontal striped t-shirts. <laughs> no red bandanas. A lot of baguettes, though. But baguettes are everywhere, which was the best because I fucking love them. My baguettes friends, with, like, mustard and, and some sort of a cheese. So
3: much cheese. We just <sighs> ate a lot of, like, we'd get a baguette and some brie and just, like, sit. We had a baguette fight underneath the Eiffel Tower while wearing berets. Oh, you
0: guys well, are the you, worst. You could yep. get, You're you the could, worst kind of Australian. You could really get arrested for that. Yeah. They did not take kindly to that. Nah. Look at those clearly foreign people.
3: Yeah. Look at those...
0: Taking the piss out of tourist
3: us. Tourist assholes.
0: And our, our great proud culture.
3: Yeah. Now, come over here and fight me with that baguette.
0: Six of the intended eight Transformers were destroyed, and as a result... uh. Work at the enemy's U boat base. U boats are the it's a German, German submarines. Submarines, what they call them, yep. Yeah. Uh, so that their U boat base Underboat, in, I get it. in Bordeaux was severely hampered, as was an electric train system in the southwest of France, which had to be replaced entirely by steam trains. So it was just de- they wiped out the use of a whole train system. That mm. is great. That and
4: cool. now you, and the, they just put a little bit of grease on the track. Yeah. something the steam trains stop. But
3: steam trains are just so pretty, you know?
4: Yeah. Terrible S- for some- the environment.
3: Something quite beautiful about them, except the bad for the environment bit. Yeah, you know.
5: <laughs>
3: you don't get that in an electric train. Yeah, the
4: electric trains just don't sound like owls.
3: No, you know when an electric train goes past and goes like, oh, I hate that. <laughs> Give me a hoot, hoot any day. Give me a hoot any day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so that. So the mission was a success. That's great. I love it. Uh, mission codenamed Josephine. Josephine B. Josephine B, or possibly just Josephine. Mm. So from there, the the team um, were ordered to head for Spain. They asked to be come and collected by a submarine or something. That was the original plan. Was that they were going to be um, come and picked up in a submarine or something and taken back away? Mm. But they missed that chance when they fled to Paris. Um, and this time around, they, they just said, no, you, you make your own way to Spain, please. Which they did, but they took their time around two months enjoying their journey, reportedly spending 250,000 francs along the way, which is around, is over 100,000 grand in today's money. 100,000 grand? In two months. <laughs> 100, <laughs> is that what I said? 100 million dollars.
3: 100,000
5: grand. 100,
0: did I say 100,000 <laughs> yeah. grand? Sorry about that. Take just the grand a, bit out? Just 100,000.
4: That's it's still a lot of. That's pick. a shitload of money. We're, four people just. Hey, I love. I love that idea. I reckon like, we could do it. it. and everyone back at home is just sort of like rationing like crazy.
0: Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't yeah. That's interesting. How do they get that money?
4: But I think I think it's probably Churchill like emerg- really threw a lot of money. It's at probably this like emergency public. money. Yeah. And they're just like, well, this, this is, is an emer- emergency. It's World War Two.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if you need to put down a deposit on a home as an emergency. Here is a secret fund. Sub-Lieutenant <laughs> Raymond Cabard was captured on the journey um, back to Spain. But the other three made it to Spain and eventually back to England. Um, they
4: spent his share of the money.
0: But Kabard uh, escaped as well and ended up back with the SOE 2. In the aftermath of the mission... these So that that's all fun. Everything up to that point that's is a so good, good amount of fun. Uh-oh. But as as it often happens, the Nazis... Come in and make it all a little less fun. I so always I, ruin it. In the aftermath of the mission, the Nazis they didn't take it well. Um, <laughs> they and they didn't know they didn't know how it happened. Um, so they took it out on the locals. There were fines. Two hundred fifty locals were jailed, and a curfew was imposed: um, nine thirty p.m. till five a.m. Lockout laws. The so body like Sydney all over again. Sydney all over again. I think that's even harsher than Sydney's. I think. Um and a dozen German soldiers who were on duty guarding the station at the time were shot. That is harsher than Sydney. That is that's a little <laughs> harsher than Sydney. <laughs> um uh, when news of the success of the mission reached Britain, Hugh Dalton, the the uh the one of the sort of like, one of the top dogs. The, yeah, one of the top dogs. He, he's in in Parliament, but um he's the guy that Churchill gave the responsibility for this whole thing to Um, Hugh Dalton passed the news on to the PM, uh, Churchill, writing, We may therefore take it as practically certain that three, obviously four, doesn't matter. He thinks it was three, but it was four, that three men dropped from an airplane have succeeded in destroying an important industrial target. This strongly suggests that many industrial targets, especially if they cover only a very small area, are more effectively attacked by special operations executive methods rather than air bombardment. Oh all right, so so he saw that as is, is like, oh, well, this is this is good for us. This mm. is a big win for the SOE. The triumph of the of the mission helped prove that guerrilla operations like this could play a key role in disrupting the German war machine and lead to many many uh, more similar initiatives. Hmm. So that that's that one. Here's another one. You want to hear about another one?
3: Nah, cool.
4: I'm in.
0: Uh, I'm in. <laughs> that could really be the episode, but I've got <laughs> I've got some more. Yeah. Um. Uh, Another one they were involved in was called Operation Anthropod. Anthropoid? Anthropod. Anthropoid. Anthropod.
3: That's how Scheinberg would say it.
0: (laughs) The target of this one was Reinhard Heydrich. Are you familiar with him? No, but I like his name.
3: Reinhard. (laughs)
0: Um, He was the target of it. I don't think we like this person. Adolf Hitler described him as the man with the iron heart.
3: Whoa! Hitler said that about him. Yeah. And Hitler, not the warmest guy, is he?
0: No, he was—he was a real bad guy. And Whoa! So that language is a little bit soft. He was a <laughs> 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 strong word.
3: Ugh! Wow, haven't had one of those for a while.
0: <laughs> amongst well, two episodes. <laughs> uh, amongst many other roles, he was in charge of the Einstein Gruppen which was a special task force that it followed behind the German armies, gassing and shooting everyone in their wake, uh, th- uh. including over 2 million people, uh, 1.3 million of them being Jews. Whoa. He was like a massive... I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. This high-up Nazi was a fuckhead. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Heydrich had Controversial be- opinion there. Controversial, sure. Mm. Uh, Heydrich had been sent to Prague in what was then Czechoslovakia, on September the 27th, 1941, and he was appointed Deputy Reich Protector of the Protectorate of Bohemia and Moravia. Oh, my God, which put that, that on a business
3: of, card. Fucking hell.
0: That was, you know, that's that area. Bohemia is sort of like, takes in a, a bunch of that sort of
3: Bohemia like. sounds nice. Yeah. You know? It
0: like, is. It like, is.
3: A, like a beachy area. It is now.
0: You know? I under, think it probably Under was, Nazi rule, it probably wasn't. Probably was nice before, before they came along too, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, the Reich Protectorate, the, uh, the actual head Reich protector, Konstantin von Neurath, was officially still the head of the region, but it was in name only, and he was sent on leave because Hitler Himmler... Himmler? Heinrich, one, Himmler yeah. Heinrich Himmler, yeah. And Heydrich felt that he was too soft on the Czechs. Whoa. Upon his appointment, Heydrich reportedly said, We will Germanize the Czech vermin. Uh, he began suppressing Czech culture, like almost instantly, closing down any sort of avenues which uh, the Czech people would express their cultural identity. Um, different, you know, cultural organizations, those sort of things. Podcasts, for example, podcasts would be one of the. He probably would have done that, yeah, mm. I reckon. Podcasts would probably want they. Yeah, I wonder how that would work. Anyway, uh, he also began executing members of the Czech resistance within three days of his arrival in Prague. He had organized the execution of 92 people. According to Heydrich's own estimate, more than 4,000 people were arrested in his first four months there. Uh, Many were executed and others were sent to concentration camps, and he quickly earned the nickname The Butcher of Prague.
3: Oh, that's not a good nickname at all. And you know I love nicknames, but I don't like that one.
0: Yeah, this guy just feels like pure evil. Yeah. Um, So... He, this, and I guess that's part of the reason why he became a target of SOE's Operation Anthropoid.
3: Would he also be the inspiration for HYDRA in uh, Captain America?
0: Yeah, I, I think, I think, wh- who was it? Red Skull, is that based on someone from, from... Well, I'm asking Dave. Like, I mean, look have... at me, I haven't even seen the Captain America movie. Oh but...
3: man, you've got to see Captain America. I,
0: I'm I'm sure he would have been based on some of them, maybe sure, all yeah. of them or maybe one of them. Maybe Himmler. Himmler is like. He was, a, he was a, he was a comic book evil guy, really, wasn't he? Mm. Um,
3: Dave, watch Captain America, please.
0: Oh, I'll do it for you. Really Thank good you. movie. For no one else. Anyway, the operation was the brainchild of František Moravec.
3: Some tough names in here, but you're doing really well. But he's
0: a good guy. We're talking. Yes. Anthropoid. So he, he's the anthropoid mm-hmm. guy. He was the head of the Czech intelligence services. Uh, Moravec briefed Colin. Gubbins, our man. Colin. It, uh, of the SOE, as we told. At this time, apparently, he was a brigadier <gasps> and in charge of the Czech sections of the organisations.
3: Brigadier.
0: Gubbins was keen to help <laughs> on you, Colin. Um, Moravec handpicked a team of 24 from the 2,000 available Czech soldiers based in Britain at the time, and they went on to train at an SOE training camp in Scotland. The main men were a Slovak named Joseph Gubčik and a Czech named Karol Svoboda. Look, I, obviously, I'm confident none of these names are quite right. I'm having a crack. You're really having sorry, a crack, though. sorry, Sorry uh, for any offence caused. The mission, if their families are listening, like, <laughs> could you at least get his fucking name right? Uh, the mission was set to go down on the 28th of October 1941. This was... Uh, Czech, Czechoslovakia's um, independence day, I think. Uh, and uh, but it was delayed when Svoboda suffered a henji- head injury while training, uh, which meant that he had to be replaced. Uh, and a replacement was found, and a na- a man named Jan Kubis or Jan or Jan or Jan Kambic and Kubis, along with a team of soldiers, flew out. From Britain to Czechoslovakia. They had to wait. It was delayed because he had to finish training. This this guy was stepping in. He had to get uh, trained up and also they had to get his forged documents ready and stuff like that. Sure.
3: All the paperwork.
0: All the paperwork. And All he had to give pa- two weeks notice
3: pushes. at his last place. Yeah, so they had exactly. to wait for him to be able to start. And That's then right. Training. And then the week that they started training, there was a public holiday. So then the, like, they kind of pushed him back a day. Um, so, yeah. but it, I mean, it takes a while. You know what it's like.
0: You know. Admin, hey? Bloody red tape. <laughs> Um, So, they they flew out to Czechoslovakia. Once they had landed, they headed to Pilsen, which is where Pilsen and is from, and uh, they contacted some embedded allies before heading to Prague, where the assassination plot was meant to occur. Uh Uh-oh. I don't like the word meant meant to to in that sentence. Words. (laughs) After abandoning a couple of planned attempts, (laughs) they settled in on a plan to kill Heydrich while he was driving from his Czech home to Prague Castle, which I think was his where his, his place of business. Of course he's got an evil lair. Yeah, you're right. Should see a photo of him. He Prague yeah.
3: Castle, Prague <laughs>
0: What does it mean? <laughs> There's a clue in that. Yeah. I think Prague Castle was already there before he No.
3: Nope. Prague <laughs> Um
0: Pretzel. So that was his daily commute, you know, driving to the castle every day. The Pretzel. Gabcik and Kubis chose a spot along the route where they knew he would have to slow down. It was on a bend in the road, so they're like, this is where we're going to take him out. On the 27th of May, 1942, at 10.30am, Heydrich and his driver left for the castle in his Mercedes convertible. What a leisurely start of the day, eh? Convertible?
4: He's got a convertible.
0: Yeah.
3: Starting work at 10.30, leaving the house at 10.30, so probably, you know, by the time you get to work, get your you cup You get settled coffee. in. Yeah, yeah, check your emails. Uh, you're not starting. He's not starting proper work till at least quarter past 11 at the absolute earliest. Yeah. What a leisurely day. I bet he knocks off early too, eh? <sighs> it's classic. Three man. o'clock, he's out the door.
0: So the car reached the curve a few minutes later and Gubchek jumped out in front of the car with his Sten submachine gun. Oof. He attempted to open fire but the gun jammed. No.
5: Oh,
0: Do you
4: they've been you planning... Happening? The, have they been planning this for months? So What the plan is... Jump in front of the car and start shooting. They, they what's had other... the training? They, well, I mean, the parachuting. The training should the... be how to get the gun to work.
0: Yeah, that, and that hasn't worked. That, that'd be a key bit of the training. Um, but maybe this next part was part of the training. They stopped the car so that Heydrich could shoot Gabcek with his pistol. So um, Heyd- yeah. So the driver, Klein, stopped the car. So they're like, oh, what's this idiot. So he just stood up with a pistol and shot him. Uh, that was the plan, but before he could, Kubis oh. pulled out a grenade from his bag and threw it at the Merc. It went bang.
3: Oh, my God. Uh,
4: good throw?
0: It was a pretty good throw. It sent shrapnel into Hydric, but also into Kubis. Uh From there, there was a shootout before Kubus fled on bike. Hydric's uh, driver chased Gabczyk on foot till he cornered him in a butcher shop. There, Gabczyk, uh turned around shot him twice. And escaped, so he got away. Oh wow! Gabrick, Gabrick, and Cubus um, were shattered uh, later. They they did both get away. They were shattered later. that The attack had failed. Only it hadn't. Heydrich was taken to hospital, where it was found that he had suffered major diaphragm, spleen, and lung damage, Ooh. and a fractured rib. Hitler called him the man with the iron heart, but he could now be more accurately called the man with <laughs> shrapnel in his spleen. <laughs>
3: Ah, there it <laughs> is. Joke number two. There's number two. <laughs> That's Maddie. Like, uh, Maddie, which, which I guess Maddie. is kind
0: of similar. <laughs> he died from his injuries a week later. So fucking suck it, you fuckhead. A couldn't slow help, death. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy.
3: <laughs> a slow death.
0: As, suppose, it's bad, isn't it? They, but I suppose he's so evil you can feel good about his death. As uh, was the Nazis' MO, they reacted badly and they received dodgy intel that the assassins were from... Ah, uh, local villages Lidice and Lazaki. I'm so sorry, Czech people. The Nazis destroyed both villages, killing five thousand oh, people, no. and sending most of the rest to brutal Nazi concentration camps. Oh, fuck! Wow, fuck.
4: that's awful. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. So that's. It's sort of like, yeah. There's no happy endings in in in, in this, but. Mm. Um, in World War Two. At least that. Got it. Got 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 trapped.
3: Got trapped.
0: Is that what they say? Uh, yep. There are many more missions uh, that I could talk about. The topic is obviously too big. But these are just two small missions inside. Well, I mean, these are two sort of prominent ones, but there are so many. Mm-hmm. Um, should I talk about one more, or what do you think? Okay, yeah. it'll be quickish. Yeah, okay, I reckon one more. All right, I'll talk about one more, and uh, I'm not even—I won't even use my words. There's a guy called Giles Milton who wrote a book about the SOE entitled Excellent "The Ministry name. of Ungentlemanly Warfare." Oh, um, you know, which is you know totally, Giles totally about this topic. Giles did, yeah. Fuck yeah, great name. I bet he went to Oxbridge. Yeah, I bet he did too. And I think I reckon because of this book, I don't know this for sure, but I think he maybe kind of popularised that um, term a bit more. And maybe the whole thing. I'm, I'm guessing that's why people are suggesting this topic with that name is maybe because of this. I'm not sure. Mm. But anyway, uh, I'm just going to read a, a little excerpt from... Um, a passage? A little passage about one of, the, one of the one of the ministries, one of the chap's most important missions. Mm. So this is in the words of Giles Milton.
3: Thank you. Take it away, Giles.
0: It was a few minutes before midnight and the moon was glancing brightly off the deep snow. In the shadows of the ravine, ten saboteurs could be seen clambering up the sides of a near vertical cliff, clutching at rocky outcrops and dangling spruce branches. He writes a lot of flowing prose. I That's guess. beautiful. Mm, He's painting a picture. A couple of rhymes in there. Yeah. A yeah. yeah. Shakespeare. In the distance was Shakespeare.
3: there... Shakespeare <laughs>
0: Every time. <laughs> Never speak over Giles. So, so it's Giles. one rule of Giles. You're
3: right, sorry. Continue, please, Giles.
0: <laughs> I am Giles. Sorry. In the distance was their goal, the looming silhouette of the Norwegian Hydro-Norsk heavy water plant. This state-of-the-art factory was of vital importance to the Nazi war machine. The only place capable of producing the heavy water necessary for Hitler to build an atomic bomb. Its destruction was so crucial... <laughs> its destruction was so crucial to the Allied war of... <laughs> You can do it. I was going to say a fort... <laughs> its destruction was so crucial to the Allied war effort that Winston Churchill himself had ordered it to be given the highest possible priority. The stakes could not have been higher. If Hitler's scientists managed to build an atomic bomb, they would win the war. But if the factory could be destroyed, then Hitler's atomic ambitions would be at an end. For the mission, Gubbins, a oh man, Colin, selected his Norwegian saboteurs from men who had fled to England following the Nazi invasion of their country. Their leader was a bold 23-year-old named Rocham Ronenberg. He and his comrades were trained by two key members of Gubbins, inner circle, Gubbins, Eric Bill Sykes, and William Shanghai Buster Fairban.
3: Oh my god, yes.
0: He's got two nicknames there, Shanghai Buster. Shanghai Buster, that's his one nickname, is the Shanghai Buster.
3: Fuck, that's good.
0: Who ran a secret killing school? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no. At Arrasig House in the Scottish Highlands. That was one of the training camps for the. For wow. this, yeah. K- yeah, secret killing, killing school. school. But, yeah. It's, Don't like that. It's pretty. Br- it's, I mean, it's funny because all of this is like from one side. You're like, it's obviously written as if some of these people on the Allied team were obviously probably a bit fucked as well. Mm. Ronenberg's team was parachuted into the Hardinger Plateau. Plateau landing in the teeth of an arctic blizzard within striking distance of Norsk Hydro. Their sabotage mission got underway ten days later under the cover of darkness. Darkness. I really like this Giles character (laughs) you're putting on. (laughs) The saboteurs clambered down into the vertiginous gorge below Norsk Hydro and then began their treacherous ascent. Unseen by the guards, they reached the plant's perimeter fence and after using bolt cutters to gain access, they split into 2 prearranged groups. One led by Ronenberg um, was to break into the plant and blow up the equipment. The other was to provide cover against the Gestapo attack. Ronenberg crept through the ventilation duct and attached the explosives. The charges that had been made at Brickentonbury Manor fitted like a glove, he later said. They're good on him. The saboteurs were still inside the plant. Their Sten guns trained on the German sentry posts when the explosives detonated. The sausage-shaped charges were fabulously destructive, (laughs) (laughs) imploding into the machinery and causing catastrophic damage. By the time the alarm was raised, the entire stock of Hitler's heavy water had drained away. There was shards of wiener everywhere. The Norse hydro mission was textbook guerrilla warfare, brilliantly planned and masterfully executed. Even the Germans were impressed. The commander of the German troops in Norway, General von Falkenhorst. Uh, expressed his admiration for the saboteurs bravado calling it the most splendid coup of the war what what hitler's atomic program had suffered a setback from which it would never recover geez i imagine hitler wouldn't have loved that kind of feedback especially when you use the english word splendid
4: yeah well i thought their coup was rather splendid
0: hitler oh dear i shouldn't oh, have said oh, that no. i should have said that to your face hmm. um anyway that's the end of the of, end of the report um I could have kept going and going. Wow! So many fascinating little stories in there across all of Europe and even in um around Japan. And I'm always a bit wary of romanticising war too much. I don't know if I've done that in this episode. Probably haven't. Nah. I think it's been it's been some pretty real moments.
3: Yeah, but where are the fun facts?
0: They were all fun facts. Hmm. You hear about all the explosions? The guy died. The, the, the evil g- guy died. The gun that, that jammed.
3: Fun. That is fun.
0: Cigarette lighter gun. That cigarette lighter gun was fun.
4: The underwater canoe.
0: I don't know. Hopefully hopefully Rowan's happy with those ones. We
3: just want Rowan to be happy. Yeah. That's all I want.
0: Look, I also want everyone to be happy.
3: No, I just want Rowan to be happy. Fuck everyone else. Wow.
0: And I'm happy, and that's all I care about. (laughs) Well, you're involved in my one too. Great. By extension. Matt and I win. You're part of everyone. Um, In a way, to yeah. me, I am everyone. So, <laughs> but no thanks, reason. guys, for listening. Sorry if that was uh, too brutal for you, Dave. I know you don't like uh, some of that war history.
5: Mm.
4: Yeah, well, I've ne- I have never done a World War Two topic on this show,
0: apart from the Three Monties. We have done. have done a few war ones now. We also had mm. Mad Jack.
3: We've done a few episodes.
0: We have done a few episodes. This is yeah, yeah. Heaps. something. Yeah. Because we're coming up to the 100th episode. Ooh. Yes, we are live September 16th. Get your tickets now. i so excited. Hey, we should, uh, before we wrap up, we should probably thank a few of our Patreons. I think we definitely should. You should tell people how to do that too, Dave, if they want to do Well,
4: if you want to support the show, say you've listened to every episode and you listen every week, then maybe you would like to give back to the show that gives you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can head over we to... We couldn't keep a straight face I oh, know, Sorry, that. I was t- really trying to, trying to be <laughs> serious there, but I couldn't. You can head over to patreon.com slash do go on pod. And in exchange for a uh, different levels of pledges, you get uh, different levels of reward. You in- get
3: different levels of pleasures. Yes,
4: and treasures. Ooh, uh, and treasures. Including bonus episodes. That's one of the treasures. Mm-hmm. Or uh, we, uh, we do updates and stuff on there. You can also pre-sales to uh, sh- live shows and stuff that we do, but and also a shout out on the episode to say thank you to uh, the individual people that keep the show running, and I would like to thank, if I could kick off. Please do. All Please. the way from Lawrenceville, Georgia.
3: Georgia. Where's
0: that? America, right? America. Oh,
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, not Georgia, the country. Um. I'm assuming not. <laughs> not Georgia, next door to Russia. Never know. Could be.
3: Anyway. Who's from Georgia?
4: I would like to thank. He's the shield oh of this show. It's Anthony Archield. <laughs> Archield the shield. He's our protector. Oh, thank yes, you, that's Anthony. right. Thank you. Anthony holding up the fort in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Appreciate yeah. your support. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Anthony. And I'd like so to stay. You're,
0: you're doing a lot of accidental rhymes.
4: I'd like to uh, stay, if I may. That was in not accidental. In at the States. <laughs> I'd like to thank. Um, <laughs> well, this person. I hope they're listening on Ormond Beach because that's where they're Please from. Stop. Ormond Beach.
3: <laughs>
4: oh, was that a rhyme
3: again? No, you're just the worst.
0: <laughs> Jess really hates I thanking know, she people. Hates she thinking hates thinking people. this segment so much. I hate it.
3: I don't hate it. You do? You're so negative. I love thanking people because I really, like, I think it's really amazing. But you are just so fucking, You can make a joke out of every single person's name and then I get to it and I'm like, uh,. It. Thank you Frank. <laughs>
0: you know? what Dave's joke just then the one that really pushed you over the edge was you' beach. I hope you're listening at the place you're from. Okay, which is I'm sorry go. Ormond, Ormond Beach in Florida I would like to thank <laughs> like to thank Noah vol. Man, there would Noah. have been a few Ormond Beach, Florida listeners sitting on the edge. Yeah, here we go. Is it me? Is it me? All. Is
3: it me, <laughs> me? But no, it's Noah.
4: I'm afraid, unless you are Noah Vol, it is not your turn. But please keep waiting on that beach for us. And thank you to Noah Vol. Good
3: job, Noah. Can I go next? Yes. Um,
4: Great. Jess will be like, uh, thank you too, blah, blah. Good night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's oh, she's left.
4: There she goes. <laughs> she's gone, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Learn from a professional kid.
3: No, it's not that. I like thanking people. I just find it kind of stressful to make a joke or a pun with every single person. I would just like to genuinely thank people. I
4: legit just read out what the beach he was from.
3: <laughs> okay, but as a bad example because you normally... Oh, fuck. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, keeping it within the States, uh, interestingly, and within the Anthonys, because you had an Anthony.
4: I did Anthony Archield, the Shield.
3: I also have an Anthony.
4: The Blue Wiggle.
3: Anthony the Blue Wiggle, my favourite of the wiggles. But this Anthony is from Utah.
0: Give me two. Utah! (laughs) Meatball! (laughs) Give me two. Great. What a great movie. Oh, it's amazing. What is that? uh, Point Break. Point Break. Oh. The original. I don't know. Maybe they said it in the the New well. Another great cameo was uh, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers singer. in that? What's his name? Anthony Kiedis. Also an Anthony. Anthony. He goes, um, but that would be a waste of time. That's my favourite movie quotes. That's a good quote. But that would be a waste of time.
3: Well, from that Anthony to this Anthony, I hope Anthony Fernelius.
4: Oh, that's
0: the best Anthony name of all.
3: That's a pretty good name. I hope he's enjoyed Point Break and also do go on and supporting it.
0: Hey, Fernelius. Give me two. <laughs> meatball, Make it two.
3: Meatball. 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 Um, and also, I, I would also like to thank from Texas. Wow. Not an Anthony. Okay. But a Naomi Chapman. Oh, oh,
0: good name. Great name. Thank she'd you, Naomi. Love, she'd be a big fan of the uh, the Chaps. Oh, yeah. She's a big Chapman.
3: She's, she's one of the original Chaps.
0: Yeah, I bet she was related to one of the Chaps. I, Maybe Gubbins. I guarantee she is. Gubbins changed his name to Chapman soon after the war. You, you must. Chapman for life.
3: So thank you, <laughs> Naomi and Anthony. For listening and supporting the podcast.
0: Hey, I'd love it. I'd love to uh, bring us back to the home front and thank someone from our capital territory, the Australian capital territory,
3: Canberra.
0: Well, that's inside the ACT. I don't know. if I Have time to explain everything about that, but uh, I'd love to thank Laura Cotterell.
3: Laura
0: Cotterell. My dad picks the fruit.
3: The goes to Cotterell.
0: Uh, oh, I went to cordial. Yeah, Codril. that's what I was thinking as well. Oh, right. That makes a lot more sense. Doesn't make a lot more sense at all. Than
3: Cotties.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think Laura's giving me any sort of sick feeling, okay? Maybe if that sick feeling is the sick feeling of being supported by a friend or the of the podcast. Or the sick feeling of
3: drinking way too much cordial. Hmm?
0: Yeah, I should have diluted it a bit
3: so, more. you just got to stop drinking it straight. I thank man, you, it makes Laura. makes me feel
0: alive. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you, Laura. You legend. I'd also love to thank... From San Diego, a San Wales Diego. vagina, <laughs> in California, Aaron Stosel. Aaron. Aaron Stosel.
3: San Diego. San Diego.
0: Which I've heard is an amazing place. My brother went there and said he just had the best time. He said it was fucking sick.
3: Is that what you, is that your impression of he, your brother? He
0: needed codroil afterwards. Oh. Uh, no, that was that was just my impression of. No, my brother would have said it like... Tom. Tom. He would have been more like... Yeah, no, it was really great. Yeah, I had a really good time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But you knew what he meant. I knew what he fucking meant. What sick. he meant was, fuck, it was fucking... St- it was hectic. Bro. Bro. <laughs> thanks, Aaron. Aaron Stosel. I and really like your Tom. name. I hope I'm saying it right Yeah, thanks, Tom. He doesn't listen. My sister, Alex, does. Hey, Alex.
3: Hi, Alex. I know Alex. <laughs>
0: all right, we all know Alex.
3: <laughs>
4: I'd like to say hi to Tom for when he
0: finally gets around to listening. Yeah, he'll get there he'll eventually. Be. So that's great. I mean, I'm just I super blown away all the time. I write uh, newsletters sporadically to the patrons, and I think I probably go on about it too much. But I'm so fucking blown away by the support of these mad dogs. You guys are the best. I think I love you. Oh, wow, Matt. Be cool. cool. Too soon. Play cool. Play cool. Hey, cool, cool, cool. All right. Aaron, uh, Aaron, I just think I just thought maybe, you know, we could see, but maybe one day we could be mates. There we go. Smooth. I'm gonna come to Sunday. No, 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 no.
3: You're on too weird. Now okay. you can't turn up on his doorstep. Okay. If you're ever in San Can Diego.
0: Can I go to uh the Australian Capital Territory and, and visit Laura Cotterall? No,
3: you can't go to a house. It's I'm just... not a house, maybe
0: I just the word her, oh her her territory.
3: <laughs> and then I'm gonna okay. piss in it so now it's my territory. <laughs> like a dog. Yeah?
0: Yeah, like a mad dog. <laughs> <laughs>
4: All right, I'm going to wrap this up, guys. Uh, good call. Good call, Good, good call. Uh Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you want to get in contact or buy a ticket to our 100th show, the uh, links are all in the description of this episode, but at Do go on Pod for Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You can drop us an email, suggest a topic. We love that. dogoonpod at gmail.com. Uh, but, yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll be back with a new report next week. But until then, I will say... Goodbye. Later.
3: Bye.
1: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting
3: Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's, it's up to you. Danger,
4: Sydney, danger. Sydney sold out. Melbourne's on sale. Matt's coming to Brisbane. i voltage. <laughs>